Wrestling Federation. For over 50 years, the revolutionary force in sports entertainment. Oh, it's live, pal. We're really glad that you're our friend. And this is a friendship that'll never, ever end. Everybody three count. One, two, three. One, two, Or maybe The Rock has got to beat Triple H himself. Which means, uh, he's got to beat the game, uh, in the middle of the ring, uh, and he has a $2 s- for a wife, uh. You're too damn selfish, and that's why you're sitting out of the bad leg, and that's why I kicked your leg out of your leg. You guys talk about being students of the game. I am the f-ing game, JR. Three ain't enough now, I need five. Welcome in Jim, Ryan, Matt, Tim, and intern Mark. Oh my goodness, what do we do? There's a one, there's a two. Oh! oh, wow. So make no mistake about it, this is an official declaration of war. This is what you call... A paradigm shift. What's up, everybody? Welcome to 3CountThursday.com. A little bit late, but we're here. We figured it out. Tim is a technical genius, and we didn't e- we're didn't. we not even in the same room, and we can figure these things out. It's amazing. It is amazing. Welcome, everyone. It is August the 13th, 2020. We are glad to be with you. And uh, if you are following along in the live video, give it a like, give it a share, since uh, now that we know we're actually with you guys, we'd uh, we'd appreciate that. And uh, welcome in. We are the podcast of the millennium. We have tons to talk about this week, including who is the king of kings and ask us anything. But first, make sure you go to 3CountThursday.com for all things 3Count related. As well as uh, you can find our social media links, our merchandise at whatamaneuver.net. What a maneuver. Thank you, Tim. Our Patreon page at patreon.com slash three count Thursday. Our home network, of course, NGSC Sports, and we stream daily at leapsports.com. Ryan's not here to say it. It is L E E I B sports.com. Yeah, apparently we really did anger Ryan last week with uh, with giving him the fandom of Cameron because he just he just straight up didn't didn't show this week um but obviously we, we want to start this week um with some sad news uh this past Sunday uh of course James Kamala Harris passed away um he wrestled over five different decades he wrestled in five different decades uh all over the world uh, a couple of highlights he was the USWA unified world heavyweight champion four times uh, the AWA Southern Heavyweight Champion. Um, we also uh, he also was the te- he was uh, inducted into the Texas Wrestling Hall of Fame class of 2012. He was ranked number 144 out of 500 best singles wrestlers in the PWI PWI years back in uh, back in 2003. Um, so again, rest in peace, Kamala. Guys, is there a 
Is there a feud or a um, match memory of, of, of Kamala that, that sticks out in your head? I, I think for me, it, it's, it's probably the feud with The Undertaker. Um, you know, the, the, the fear of the casket and, uh, and all of that. And, and also, um, I think once he was, he was post retirement, um, there, he was on, I think Steve Austin's podcast. I know he was on Roddy Piper's podcast and he just absolutely, I've ne- I, I personally never met him, but he absolutely, um, just seemed like such a genuine person, genuinely nice person. Um, and, and hearing him, uh, tell stories is, is something that, uh, I will remember, um, as well. Uh, but Tim, since you were the master IT guy this evening, is there a Kamala memory feud that sticks out to you? Can you not tell my roommates that I fixed the stream? Oh, I will. Your secret's everyone, safe with me. Everyone here in our group chat calls me Mr. Fix It because if anything goes sideways it's usually me to fix it and then I just fix this so I don't want to be Mr. Fix It um, to answer your question um, I'm actually going to pick like a not so great time for Kamala Okay. Um, which was his time in WCW as he was like a Hogan crony Okay. Um, coming in as a part of the alliance to end Hulkamania and I think Kamala was a part of that four on or two on 13 uh, triple tier cage deal. If not, he was like, he was definitely, he was definitely loosely related. If uh, Charlie's in the chat, he can fact check me. He's a WCW head <laughs> too. Um, but yeah, Kamala as uh Kamala as just like a C level villain in wcw just kind of getting through the end of everything um it's not like my font obviously my fondest memory is the undertaker feud but seeing him in wcw too as kind of like uh, a member of the dungeon of doom was uh pretty slick uh matt how about you um aside from the whole undertaker thing um I think the the main thing that stood out for me was the gimmick battle royal from seventeen. Um, just because that was just you know one of those so bad it, <laughs> it, it type things. Um, so his involvement in that was kind of the only other thing that really stuck out to me as like his most memorable things for me. Um, and I did want to throw this out there. Um, Ryan did message me earlier today, um, and he said that he was actually glad that the chronic theme didn't make it much further than it did in the whole tournament. So I just wanted to make sure everyone was aware of that as well. Um, that Ryan Miller stated earlier that the chronic theme is overrated. So, so the whole chronic, that was just, that was uh, just, just a gimmick. I have an, an angle for him. Yeah. Oh man. That's, that's embarrassing when, when, yeah. you know, when you are portraying yourself, but as like a gimmick, that's just embarrassing. That is just sad. Uh, Mark, any, any, and for the record, Tim, I did check um, the feed. The audio sounds good. So I think we're, I think we're cooking with gas tonight. Um, uh, Intern Mark, any, any particular Kamala memories that stick out to you? Uh, I'll tell you what, probably my, 
most favorite memory is when Kamala was facing Hogan when Hogan was the champion. Uh, that was really exciting because, you know, Kamala had such a great gimmick. I don't think today you get away with such a gimmick, but, you know, the fact they acted like he didn't speak English and, you know, he was just a complete savage. I thought it was incredible. Um, and, of course, the Undertaker feud was really good. Um, and probably personally, one of my most favorite moments was uh, at a show, a TV taping. I think it was in 92, right after SummerSlam, when uh, Flair took the title from Savage. Uh, they taped that all up in Hershey. The main event was Ultimate Warrior against Kamala. And that match lasted maybe 30 seconds because it was like <laughs> a minute before midnight. And the show must have ran long. Was that the was that the marathon taping, Mark? And, uh, where it, where it, oh, it started yeah, at it belt went, first bell was at like seven and it and it went till after midnight. Yeah, yeah, I I was there. Yeah, that it, was yep, it went at least five hours. Because yeah, they taped um like wrestling challenge and all American and superstars all together, and because they did like the drop down yep, banner. Sure did. They they even if it was the same two ba- two wrestlers, you had to run the match. So I think Big Boss Man wrestled nails that night, like four different times, <laughs> to tell you how good that yeah. night was. Yeah, yeah, I was there. Yeah. I was yeah. there. It was great was as a as a seven year old, six year old. That was a great night. Oh, it was. <laughs> yeah, it really was. It was a great show. Uh, looking back, I mean, it was fantastic. Uh, Savage Razor Ramon really got introduced on that show. Uh, Max Moon was there. I've ever seen him come out with that jetpack thing on. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty neat. But, um, the, uh, <laughs> but yeah, just but, you know, seeing, seeing Kamala and the Warrior, even though the match sucked, it was still pretty neat. Yeah, Kamala. Kamala was one, you know, and and it was a obviously a, a different time, uh, both in wrestling and in the world in general. Um, but just a, a, a great, uh, wrestling character. And, and by all accounts, um, uh, Nikki says the undertaker feud sticks out to her. Uh, Lou says that he met him one time in New Jersey was the nicest wrestler, uh, he ever met. He said, funny story. Vader was on the same card and was the nastiest wrestler he's ever paid to have his picture with. So, um, yeah, I think we've all had, I think everybody's had a Vader experience. I'm pretty sure. Um, but uh, Kamala, again, James Harris passing away last Sunday at the age of 70. Um, and it, it is fun to mention as well that Kamala is actually a brainchild of Jerry the King Lawler. Oh, from from Memphis? Mm-hmm. Jerry Lawler gave Kamala the actual Kamala gimmick. Gotcha. I don't know. Because before, he was Sugarfoot Harris. And um, then... They were like, oh, yeah, we're repackaging you. We're making you a savage. And Kamala just ran from there. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Like, I think I think I remember um, I recently. Well, I think it was when it was on FS1 the other week watching back SummerSlam 92. And the commentary during the Kamala match would certainly not fly in 2020. There's a um, lot of things that wouldn't fly. Well, yeah, yeah, no <laughs> doubt. But uh, yeah, just um, you know, it, it was a, a it was a wrestling character that that I I will always remember. Uh, what manager was what Kimchi, right? Yes. And uh, but uh, yeah, like I said, if you if you have never checked out any of the the, the different podcasts that he was a guest on, 
Like I said, I know he was on Austin's. I know he was on Piper's. The audios are the audio is still up there. Um, they're great listens. The guy was an absolute. Um, just sound like a really really neat guy. Uh, so our thoughts are with him, uh, with his family and and friends, of course. Um, so uh, moving on to our uh, weekly recurring segment. We look at uh, August the 13th in wrestling history. Only one birthday uh, today. That is Spike Dudley was born in 1970. Uh, and then in 1944, Lou Thez becomes the first two-time Texas heavyweight champion, defeating Ernie Dusek in Houston, Texas. Uh, day. 1962, during a title defense against Bobo Brazil, Newark, New Jersey, NWA World Heavyweight Champion, Buddy Rogers claimed he had a groin injury. The match was stopped. Brazil was declared the winner, but he refused to accept the victory. It was then announced on September 6th that Bobo Brazil was the new uh, NWA World Heavyweight Champion after a doctor found nothing wrong with Rogers. Rogers then won the title back from Brazil on October 30th in Toledo, Ohio, but this title change is not recognized by the NWA. Jumping way ahead. On this day. 1996, WWF held the ninth annual SummerSlam pay-per-view in the Gund Arena in Cleveland, Ohio. The show got a .58 buy rate. Uh, the show was headlined by Mankind defeating The Undertaker in the Boiler Room Brawl, of course, after Paul Bear turned on The Undertaker. Uh, hit him in the head with the urn and giving it to Mankind. Um, the first, the winner was determined to be the first to take possession of the urn. And then the main event of the night, WWF champion Shawn Michaels with Jose Lothario defeated Vader with Jim Cornette to retain the title. Vader had originally won the match twice, first by countout, then by DQ. Uh, but because titles can only change hands by pin or submission, Cornette demanded the match restart both times. WWF President Gorilla Monsoon allowed this with Michael's agreement. And then finally, Bruce Springsteen's The Wrestler was nominated for Best Original Song uh, for the World Soundtrack Awards in 2009. So that was for August the 13th in professional wrestling. Well, Tim, we uh, we are down to the uh, the final four in our in our bracket it has been a uh fun journey so why don't we uh recap and let people know the uh where the matchups are and i'll I'll post the link to the uh, comments here so people if they have not voted can do that it is the, the final four of the three count thursday greatest greatest wrestling wrestling theme theme song song of all time tournament looks like a final four of the greatest WWE superstar of all time tournament. Yeah. Um, if you, you go to three, uh, you go tinyurl.com slash three CT final four. Those are always the number and never the word. You'll see that at the top of the bracket, Metalingus reigns supreme. And it will be going head to head with Sexy Boy. And on the bottom half of the bracket, it is the other two number one seeds. As Stone Cold Steve Austin's I Won't Do What You Tell Me takes on Real American. You, you, you really cannot go wrong with any. Oh, 
you can go wrong with one of these. <laughs> I was going to say, I think one of them you could. Yeah, one of them should not have made it this far. Uh, but it's up to you people, you, the Three Count Thursday listening audience, uh, the viewing audience. Uh, be sure to get your votes in. We are tallying the votes. Uh Polling is done tomorrow at midnight. Um, the polls will reopen on Monday. And I think we should do a live announcement on Thursday. Uh, yeah. Actual winner. Do it live! Um, so it's going to be a shorter window next... Uh, next week. Actually... actually if you guys are really nice, I might could turn around the brackets. We can post them on Saturday Ooh. and give you guys an extra two days of voting. Mama mia! But I swear to God, if I do this and none of y'all vote. Yeah, you better I'm vote never, Saturday or Sunday. I'm never doing this again. You guys need to help me. Why would we tell a friend to tell a friend, get in here, vote on the polls. And so we can actually get a legit winner. Cause if not, it's just the five of us. Yeah. And you don't want to leave this in our hands. Do you? No. I mean, you definitely don't want to leave it in my hands. I'm an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Like you you can't. How did Shawn Michaels get this far? Like, Look, I understand he's Mr. WrestleMania. I understand he's arguably the best in-ring performer of all time. Not arguably. Arguably. But for f- how sports did... entertainer. Okay, sports arguably best... For- I mean, I guess if Ric Flair like dubbed you as the best superstar, you can be the best superstar. Um, but how the hell did he get... How did he get here? There were so many better themes in that bracket. If I can defend it. Okay, let, uh, try. There's few themes more. I won't say it's a good theme, but it's iconic. Like, yes, <laughs> iconic pose. Like, you know, you, you get a very strong reaction at the beginning of the theme with the drum beats and the oh oh Sean it it's very catchy at first it, it announces who everything everyone is and that's what's really strong about um like these four themes very strong beginnings um immediate it's glass shattered it's the Rick Derringer guitar riff it's the sexy boy drums, and it's you think you know me. That's true. So each of them draw you in immediately and get you just completely out of control, hype beyond belief. That I mean, that's a good point. That 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 part of it is inarguable, right? And so I think that there's a lot of thought of or maybe a lot of thought was put in as to what makes a good theme and not necessarily what is the better song 
Um, I don't okay. Know, I don't think many people, I, I don't want to pigeonhole our audience, but I dare say few of them studied music theory <laughs> at all. I mean, I, I did not. I did I not. Did. Um, I actually did. I'm a drummer. <laughs> I've taken music classes. I don't think I ever studied music theory. Music theory. It was like 10th grade. I don't remember anything. I know don't there was ask. a I know there was a music theory class at, at college when I was there, mm-hmm. but it sounded too hard. So I went, no thanks. Are I'm you good at math? Uh relatively speaking, not then any kinda. Because you gotta like uh you gotta know your major and minor chords and your distances and yeah, things it just like seemed that. Like a lot of work at the time. It just, you know. And because you beer a was easier. So- <laughs> literally drummers for you like you you get like triplets and 16ths and oh yeah yeah we get, get all those silly things you get that but like <laughs> pitch like unless you're playing the timpani with the pedal yeah no no i was i was you know or, or if you get i'm a meathead i'm a meathead with a couple of sticks you know it, it wasn't you know i hit things hard things make noise sort of things there was no clangity clangity bang yeah 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 um as long as you drum better than Lars Ulrich. Uh, well, yeah, I'm, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, people with no arms that probably could do that. Um, hey, Lars, <laughs> top five drummer of all time. <laughs> Longevity. He, Lars Ulrich is the number one drummer for Metallica of all time. We'll say yes, that. Yes. Without, with, without question, he is the question. number one uh, drummer for Metallica really? of all time. Um, but yeah, otherwise... Like I'm not. I don't want to give prediction. I don't want to sway the audience. Um, but at this point, again, it's 2020. I would not be shocked to see things go haywire uh, in this bracket. But it's been I would fun. Not be shocked if somehow Chronic another <laughs> run in and pays Shawn Michaels back for the Rockers knocking them out <laughs> and just tire like Tanya Harding, Shawn Michaels. On the way to the ring, tink. My uh, my yeah. wife asked me earlier today if we were going to talk about Dominic Masiero getting the the Everluvin shit beat out of him with a stick Without on Monday. Question, uh, which we will. I said I don't know. I said because we don't always talk about like current stuff. We talk more like discussion topics. And she just out of the blue goes like like the best entrance theme ever. And I went, well, funny you should say that. Um, and then she goes, well, where's John Cena's theme? I'm like, I don't even think he made the list, did he? basic thugonomics oh, thugonomics made, made the list because like she used to get really mad when uh big match john would open up raw every monday while she was frantically trying to get away from the wrestling tv and she would hear the song and then the next day that song was stuck in my head for like an hour i couldn't fall asleep and i'm like you probably should have stayed watching wrestling then it's a it, the the horns yeah is is so captivating as a as like a device John I mean you hear that and you know what it is you know what's up so, uh, so I did a we're still talking about theme songs sure look we we were already running late. Let us, yeah. let us, let us freestyle. Tonight, yeah, let, right? yeah. There's no format tonight, <laughs> really. Sheets out the window. But I actually, uh, look, they, I remember a long time ago, WWE 
did a video about the origins of John Cena's theme. The horns are um, sampled from, I believe, a cover of Midnight Train to Georgia. Really? Yeah. No shit. I would have never yeah, known that. The horns, the horns is a sample. I gotta, I gotta remember if I if I'm right well, or not. But no shit. I, I think that the John Cena Midnight Train, Georgia. So I mean, we're we're, we're obviously we're counting down to the to the greatest. Um, while you're looking at, it, is there is there a theme that sticks out to you as the worst? Sorry, wrong Georgia song. It's a it's a motif of a cover of the night the lights went out. In okay, Georgia. I was gonna say that the midnight train to Georgia did not sound right. Yeah, it's the night that the lights went out in Georgia. Okay, either way, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Um, but what was your question? Is there is there a theme that sticks out in your head that is the worst ever? That isn't like a joke theme, like Isaac Yankum DDS or TL Hopper. Like, does right to censor count as a joke theme? I mean, yeah, because that's just a siren. Okay, then I got I would have to rethink mine. <laughs> um, um, I think Jimmy, my best friend Marcus is gonna hate me if he figures out that this is on uh-oh. the record, but. Jimmy Wang Yang's theme. Okay. Punch you in the face tonight. Okay. Is actually a really bad song. Huh. Oh, Repo Man. Oh, Lou. Come Boo. On. Boo this man. Repo. I love Repo, Repo Man's man. theme. Um You you don't blaspheme the good name of Barry <laughs> Darso in this house. Man, uh Mash, Mr. Hole in One. I'll uh Blacktop Bully? Going off the top of my head, like something like Skinner e- either Skinner's themes. Alligator. We're not good. Uh Matt, Mark, do you have any of them? We don't have to def- necessarily, you know, deep thought on this one. And maybe that'll be our next bracket is worst theme ever. Worst theme. Oh, ever. that'd be fun. Sergeant Slaughter had a terrible theme. The the, the was... heel theme? The snare drum? The heel theme. Oh, the heel oh, theme. I the that. It was awful. <laughs> the Red Rooster was, was so pretty bad. bad. Too. Who's? Well, I like. I mean, it was so bad. It was good. The Red Rooster with uh, the rooster uh, crowing at the beginning. Oh my god, it's so bad. <laughs> Basically, uh, anything from like eighty nine to ninety two probably could fall into this. Gosh, who? This. It's not a bad ma- theme. It's not a bad theme. But I've had it stuck on the brain for a while. Does anyone remember Maven's theme? Oh, the original Tough Enough theme. Yes. That song's a fucking banger. Yes. I love that song. Low-key a banger. Oh, Nikki, no. Nikki's not a fan of a real man's man, the the old William Regal theme. Uh, I loved that theme. Come on, man. I absolutely. I love that theme. In the video, he's he's squeezing oranges to make orange juice and he he drinks it. Um, He's a real man's man. Sparky Plug wasn't a very good theme. Oh, that was bad. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. That was not. 
That was Shout not great. Oh, the Kerwin White theme. What was that? Devin says uh, Chavo Guerrero's gimmick before Eddie died when he was uh, uh, the ch- it, he was Kerwin White. He's a man. Right. Squeezing oranges, Carrie. Yeah. Flannel, was bad. flannel, and a hard hat. William Regal. Just sending it. My God, what a what a what a change of pace from the blue blood. That so I, know, he was. I know Tim's not the biggest fan, um, and this is probably the only time I'll ever hear say anything negative about AJ Lee. But her theme was, in my opinion, one of the worst. Not good. Not good at all. Um, also, doesn't fit her uh, either. Tif- Tiffany's theme in. in- insatiable that they use for like multiple different people it's, oh yeah, oh my yeah god anytime insatiable played um alicia fox also had a really bad theme too oh yeah it, it was it was just like fast was, electronic music it right was busy yeah it was just busy i feel like if if you could and i don't know if you can or not because i'm not i'm not a doctor but if you could get, if you could have like an epileptic seizure from a, a song, it was the that Alicia one. Fox theme. I mean, that if we're talking bad themes too, I mean, it's only fair to talk about. Okay, <laughs> the song is good, but the I have a a big water baby. Oh, I thought it was. I thought it was feeding time. No, I, I still have my bowl of food. Come on, eat, goddammit. Um, no, uh, the theme is scandal-proof. It's just that really shitty Brie mode in the beginning. <laughs> and yeah. there's also, like, the Union had a terrible theme. Oh, yes. Um, I wasn't a big fan of Test's theme, mm. either. Which one? The first one? or Yeah. I feel like that one was very epileptic as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, like maybe that was just like a late 90s, early 2000s sort of a thing. (laughs) I mean, thinking back, like Attitude Era, there were a lot of like bad themes throughout that time. Yeah, yeah, there was. Uh, How about Rikishi when he turned heel? That was a terrible theme. I don't even know if I remember. That bad man. Oh, yes. Yeah. That was yeah, that wasn't bad good. Man. That wasn't that was bad, man. <laughs> and what's bad is that Rikishi actually rapped that. <laughs> yeah, that's Rikishi's uh, song off of the uh, originals album. Yeah, yeah. That, I'm a bad man, man, dude. That I'm originals album. Man. That ori- bad thoughts. Yeah, I was awful. <laughs> that uh, that originals bad disc man. is one of the worst. Uh, just the <sighs> worst. So bad. Um. Okay. So who all was on that originals album? Oh God, we're gonna have to look that up. WWE um, originals. I got it. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's. So, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin had a recurring segment throughout the entire DV the CD, which was great. We're bypassing that. The Dudley Boys did a remix of their theme called "We've Had Enough." Okay. Trish Stratus had a song called "I Just Want You." Okay. <laughs> Rey Mysterio had a song which was also a pay-per-view theme, Crossing Borders. Okay. Um, Booker T had Can You Dig It, which was good. He actually used that as a theme for a couple of weeks. Yeah, that, a couple of weeks. Kurt <laughs> Angle it, had the I Don't Suck. 
It's so good. Um, Lillian Garcia had a song. The Guerreros had a song. They did the We Lie, We Steal, We che- or We Lie, We Cheat, We Steal. Yeah, I that, steal. that was, was good. good. Time out. I don't remember what there was a Royal Rumble match. It was Umaga and John Cena that you told me to watch last week, and yeah. I and I did. Mm-hmm. But you and you mentioned Lillian Garcia. What year mm-hmm. was that? Because how two thousand and five? How roll tied? Five six? How? Oh, maybe it's oh six. The but. Lillian Garcia was like all time roll tide at that point. I mean, she was scandal proof. Like fantastic. I'm not gonna lie. Um, Jericho had a song, not not quite Judas, but uh, (laughs) "Don't You Wish You Were Me." Oh, I remember that one. Which they ended up using for the YJ Stinger song. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Oh. Rikishi had, oh, sorry, Badman wasn't on. Badman was not on originals. Rikishi's song was "Put a Little Ass on It," (laughs) which was like a slow jam, and I actually thought that it was a good song at the time. Sauce, Um, sauce, sauce it. Yes, Jr. (laughs) Yes. Um, Stacy Keebler had a song called "Why Can't We Just Dance." And then, of course, the saw the, the the CD was headlined with basic thugonomics. Okay, so it had a it had a couple of good ones on there. There's a couple of bangers on here for sure. But uh, there was also a couple of sinkers on there. In the United States, WWE Originals hit the peak of the Billboard 200. Its top was 12. You just made the list. 12th best 12. album. What? Yeah. That wh- okay. What year did that come what? out? It was released January thirteen, two thousand and four. So that was was that on the tail end of like the Attitude Era kind of? Are we still in Attitude Era? I don't know when the Attitude Era officially ended. Uh, I think that would have been ruthless aggression. Oh yeah, because I guess I guess if Cena would have been in there, kind of, you were starting to get ruthless. The Attitude Era ends, I think, WrestleMania 19. Okay. Because that's Rock Austin 3. Okay, yeah. I think that's probably... But then, but then you could also say WrestleMania two, WrestleMania 20, because the tagline was, it all begins... Where again. it all begins Where it all begins again. again. Um, okay, so, so you're kind of ruthless aggression at that point. Which, I mean... Wrestling was still, it was still fairly popular at that point. So popular enough, you're, I guess you're going to get that to a number number 12 on the album chart. Wow. Wow. That is just, that is just hard to believe. Um, but yeah, tinyurl.com slash 3CT final four. And it is in the, uh, in the live video comments as well. Um, so make sure you head there and vote by uh, 12 midnight tomorrow night. Um, when Saturday begins and then, uh, look to our social media, three count Thursday, Facebook, Twitter, uh, over the weekend, we will turn this thing around. We will get the, uh, the final matchup, the championship matchup, and we will reveal the winner live, uh, here on the show next week. Do it live. Um, we also, we did have a, the three count question of the week. 
uh, this week, and and I kind of stole this one. Um, my friend and uh, podcast colleague, associate, friend, uh, Ernest DJ Christian. You can find his podcast, Ernest, the Earnestly Speaking Podcast, um, on all podcast platforms. Uh, he yes, Tim. I found the list of albums that. Oh, okay. Than originals. Okay. What What do we got? Okay. Uh, so originals came in at twelve. In the Zone by Britney Spears was eleven. Jay Z's The Black Album was ten. Evanescence Fallen was nine. Okay. Soulful by Ruben Studdard was eight. No what doubt- the hell is even that? <laughs> That no doubt singles album from ninety two to oh three was seven. Now that's what I call music. Fourteen was six. Who the hell is this? <laughs> Josh Groban's closer was five. Ew. Toby Keith's shocking y'all was four. <laughs> okay. Three was the diary of Alicia Keys by Alicia Keys. Now I think that one's actually good. Two is friend of the podcast, Cheryl Crow's The Very Best of Cheryl Crow. <laughs> and number one was the Outcast dual album, Speaker Box, The Love Below. Okay. All right. Um, so it's beat The Long Road by Nickelback, <laughs> Dangerously in Love by Beyonce, Meteora by Linkin Park. At least for that, um, at, at its peak, right? Is that what we're talking? Or that week? I, I guess. At its peak, yes. Uh, it beat, uh, oh, great, great album, uh, Jackpot by Chingy. What um, the hell is even that? Uh, the very that best. Had, that had the great songs right there and Holiday Inn, so. This guy gets it. <laughs> Matt knows what's up. Right there. Right there. All right, and that was the that was for the week of January thirty first, two thousand and four. Big Jim, back to you, man. All right, so the three count question of the week. Um, the uh, er, like I said, earnestly speaking podcast. He also has the Take Three Wrestling podcast, um, and it's an interesting concept. Concept. It's three of them. Each of them bring a topic to the table. They discuss it. I think it's for like fifteen minutes. They actually set a timer. Uh, at least most weeks, and um, the one guy last week had brought up who, um, who was the most successful um, winner of the King of the Ring, and they kind of did like a quick bracket uh, where like they went around their room and uh, and voted like as it as it went. But I just kind of put the question out there: Who is the most successful WWE King of the Ring of all time? Uh, so I'll, I'll start with you, Matt. We'll go to Matt, Mark, and Tim, and then I'll give mine and then we'll go to some of the, uh, some of the listener responses, but Matt to you, who is the, uh, most successful King of the ring of all time? Jesus. I'm trying to think of like, I know you guys really want me to say King Corbin. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, Shane McMahon never won King of the Rings, so I know this is hard for you. It is. Um, Because to me, there's one answer. There, no, there's not. 
De- it depends. It depends. Here's the here's the question. So like what? I mean, like how are we judging? Like, yeah. Best? Like, is it success after being king, or is it? That's kind of how it, I take it. Okay, then there's if that's the case. There's, I mean, there still could be two. One. One. To me, there's one. Okay. So, I mean, to me, it's either Triple H or Stone Cold. Oh, then, well, then, then there is two, but it's not, it's not Stone Cold. No, what? See, to me, it's open and shut Stone Cold. Edge. Really? Bruh. He's like a 10-time world champion. He's a 10-time tag team champion, multiple-time Intercontinental champion, King of the Ring, Royal Rumble winner. Awesome. Stone Cold Steve Austin was never in the greatest wrestling match of all time. Well, I mean, that's true. That, that is that is an undebatable fact. It's edge. But to if me, like, Austin's edge, the biggest superstar in the history of the of the company. Like, I, I, yeah, I feel like his run, Steve though, Austin's King of the Ring, like, like launched Steve Austin. Right, but, but also Austin stopped being a thing in 2003 right but do we get austin 316 without like obviously it's... the answer is no jim he won the <laughs> king of the ring and then said austin right but i mean like i don't i don't i don't see another way that we get that like like i don't think he, he comes across at any point dropping the austin 316 in a promo if he's not king of the ring Right, but still, I mean, to, to say best and then base it on success, like Triple H had like yeah. twenty years of dominance after that, pretty much. Yeah, he he has like fourteen title reigns. He's he's had, yeah, it, it might be Triple H then. Damn, see, for me, uh, Triple H, then Edge, then then Stone Cold. Yeah, and then and like and, Macho Man. Yeah, or Brett. See, I think Brett was already. Were I think like Brett made the King of the Ring something because Brett was already established. Well, Brett won two. He won one in ninety one and one in ninety three. His first WWE title was December ninety two. Right. I mean, how how established was Brock? in 02 when he won his he wasn't at all he was still a rookie monster he didn't win his first title until he won his first title because he won king of the ring right so so he he debuted april 20 or 2002 wins the king of the ring by beating rob van dam then goes on to beat the rock at SummerSlam. And then wrestles until 2004 and then takes his ball and goes home, tries to play football, uh, gets real punched in the face for a couple of years. <laughs> and then and knocks and, out a couple kids. <laughs> yeah, and like gets diverticulitis and then comes back and like first match back decides he wants to catapult himself off a set of ring stairs over the top rope to get to John Cena. (laughs) And then he calms it down and realizes, Hey, if I just slam people and I say suplex city, bitch, I'm going to be the most profitable 
I've ever been. Kobe. Um, Mark, do you want to do you want to weigh in? Oh, hi, Mark. Oh, hi there. <laughs> Most successful. Uh, I was just making sure you were still awake. Oh yeah, I'm still awake. <laughs> I'm just showing here the uh, Kirby the magnificent fluffy dog came in. Oh. Um. But the uh, I I was thinking Austin, but you guys make a good argument. But I still think I'm going to stick with Austin. Um. But I was also thinking people who actually embraced being the king. I hate to say it, but King Corbin's really embraced the the king. I mean, King uh, Booker, Booker really did as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, King Booker. Um, Owen Hart, as lousy as he was. Owen Hart, uh, King Mabel, as lousy as he was. <laughs> he really embraced that uh, the title of the king. Like but I would like put Bret Hart and uh, I'd put King. I would put Triple Owen Hart King as like more successful, more important than 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 Brett's because like I think Brett was Brett was gold with or without the King of the Ring. Like Owen oh, yeah. that that, yeah, but really without, that but without Brett, the King of the Ring was nothing. Fair. Yeah. The King of the King of the Ring was successful because of Brett. Owen Hart as what we know him as, I think was successful because of the King of the Ring. Right. A couple of responses here. Nikki uh says all hail King Booker. Yeah. Um Booker. Ryan says Edge, so he's with you on Team Edge. Uh, Charlie on Twitter said King Booker. Ryan had said, not our Ryan, another Ryan, um, had said Austin. There was, a, there was a bunch of Austins. There was a couple of Triple H's, though, um, which I hadn't um, I hadn't necessarily thought about. There was a, uh, there was a Macho Man uh, in there as well. We did get a lot of response. A couple people had Brock. Uh, one or two, I think, had Owen. Um, Nick had, had, had agreed with me since Stone Cold as it launches career into the stratosphere and like, so I guess, you know, and I, and I guess too, yeah, it does. It's kind of one of those open-ended things of like, how do you define success? Um, and like, you know, for me, I guess it was just that like Austin became the, the biggest, arguably the biggest superstar in the history of the business. Um, you know, then, you know, and we don't get that without him winning the King of the Ring. So, like, in terms of, like, in-ring success and, and longevity, stuff like that, yeah, obviously, Austin's run was is not what Edge's was or Triple H's was um, or or anything like that. Uh, I'm, like, I'm looking through, like, who the people had to go through to win King of the Ring. Um <laughs> Stone Cold was not. Wasn't not, Murderer's Row? <laughs> Mark Marrow. He beat Jake Roberts Dude. at the finals. Yeah. Who did he beat between Mark Marrow and Jake? No one. No one. Mark Marrow was the semifinal. Jake Roberts was the final. But round one was Bob Holly. <laughs> and then the quarterfinal was Savio Vega. And actually. In looking at like the other people that we said would be towards the top, that's probably the best one. In terms of opponents beaten? In terms of opponents beaten, because Edge had Test, Perry Saturn, Rhino, and Kurt Angle. Well, I mean, I think beating Angle is, is pretty solid, but yeah, the rest of that lineup. Um, Triple H had to go through Crush, Ahmed Johnson, and Mankind. Okay. 
Brock went through Bubba Ray, Booker T, Test, and then RVD. Hmm. And then Owen went through Doink the Clown, Tatanka, One Two Three Kid, Razor Ramon. So, <laughs> and he and I think he needed help to beat Razor Ramon. I think night like I think that was the big shock of the Owen Hart victory was Jim Neidhart had come oh, down yep. and uh, and attacked went through Matt Hardy, Kurt Angle, and then Bobby Lashley at like the hot Bobby Lashley. So that's not a bad run. Uh, Ryan says here in the comments, I think it was such a huge deal for Edge uh, beating Kurt Angle at the time. No one expected it. If not for that, I don't think Edge would be nearly successful. Um, Nikki said she picked Booker because he was the one who milked it for all it was worth. Um, he made his win look like it was the most important win of his career. About, uh, I mean, to this day, I, 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 I can... You... Go ahead, Mark. I was going to say Harley Race should be in there too now that I think about it. Right. He was he the, won that, the King of the Ring tournament, one of the early ones. I think I was the first one, I believe. Um, but to this day, I can. I, he may... When when you uh, talk about King Booker, I can still hear Charmel, all hail King Booker, just playing on a, a you know on repeat in my head because like any time those like those the, the the promos, it was just like oh my god, and you know you made it made you hate him as King of the Ring. So it is definitely a memorable reign, whether it's the best is, is to me arguable. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I loved the topic and, and I wish, and now, I mean, obviously King Corbin right now is, is I think taking the, the victory and, uh, with like the game of Thrones attire, um, is, is pretty fantastic. But like, I wish, I do wish it would like, it would mean more. Like, even when they brought it back, like, it, it doesn't feel like it. It really means a whole lot that he won King of the Ring. Like, I mean, I love that he did, and he still uses the gimmick. But like, it did it really lead to anything? Like, I wish when they did a King of the Ring, I feel like I like I wish it would it would lead to, um, you know. A, a pick a pick a title to to um compete for you know what and you know maybe corbin goes well i'm gonna go to nxt and compete for the nxt championship like have some have some fun with it like i just wish there was a little bit more to a king of the ring victory uh any other thoughts on the uh the king of the kings so to speak then we um we had and I, I put it out there because I was like you know what well actually let's let's do this first let's let's talk about the TNT title um obviously the the full finished version um of the title unveiled last night but that, that's not all I want to talk about because I want to talk about like the the matches the booking of it and kind of where it's it's where we think it's going um. But first, we'll start with the the look of the title. Do we like the? Because I know we talked about the original that that wasn't finished. Do we like the 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 finished version of the title, Tim? It sure got spruced up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if that was the finished product, like if that's what they unveiled first, I'd be more excited about it. 
Okay. But like, we had to see the unfinished title first, <laughs> and they're still showing us the unfinished title, right? Because Mr. Brody, right? Lee Why has does it. he have that? Like, because he took he he took John Moxley's title too. He's yeah. a possession. He's like, this is the actual title, and Cody has this fake belt that. Yeah. Weird. Weird. Sure. Mark, thoughts on the on the title itself, the design. Well, I'll tell you what, I, it kind of is reminiscent of the old uh, WCW or NWA TV title, so I do like it. Uh, I like the whole concept of it. It's starting to really start, starting to feel special, and it's something that you can see each week being defended. So I, I like it. I'm not a huge fan, but I, I accept it. How about you, Matt? I think it's fine. Um, I don't, I don't hate it. Um, you know, it's it's not over the top or anything, so. I can appreciate that portion of it. Um, you know, they didn't try to get fancy with like a green or purple strap. Um, so, or red or blue uh, or white, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, like, just just the simplicity. What are you of it. trying to say, Matt? <laughs> I think it's fine. Um, and and I say that being someone that actually kind of appreciates the colors sometimes. Like, I I liked the purple on the cruiser well cruiserweight like that with the gold i think looks sharp um so i I think like going simplistic was fine but i think unveiling an unfinished one first was just kind of a a mistake to begin with um you know don't unveil like how are you gonna have a a wrestling company and not have a, a finished product of a belt ready to go um i just think that 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 was the biggest error um, you know, it would be kind of like having your tag team belts and your championship belt being the same belt and, you know, just passing out one of them. Um, but I, I digress. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not the biggest fan of it. I, I, I guess I like the the finished version better than the original. Um, but I mean, you gave it the thumbs down gif on Oh, I did. I mean, because like overall, I think it like to me, it looks too much like a boxing title. Like to me, like I, I see that title and I think of boxing. I don't think of wrestling. Um, And I don't know if it's if it's because like a lot of the boxing titles historically had, um, you know, had had like a, the, you know, a, a circular feel to it. And like I don't know, the, the, the TNT ad is huge. It is. Like it's, it's just, just it's. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's the TNT title. Um, like I mean, it, or and you know, it's the Bad Apple Rotten Core Championship or whatever it was called in KPW. Um, but yeah, it, it's it just um, it's 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 okay. Like it's okay. Like I mean, is it better? Is it better than some things like the WWE has right now? I yes. But like to me, it's not. It's just it's not great. Like, and I'm not a fan of the AEW World Title, but I I like the World Title better than that. I think the best AEW titles are the tag titles. I think those are those are their nicest titles. Um, but in terms of the booking, like obviously, you know, we've seen Cody have matches against AEW talent. We've seen Cody have matches against. Um, 
you know, indie guys. And I still say hashtag bore for TNT championship. I will not, I will not fade away from that hope and dream. If we're still doing kind of the, the open challenge thing. Um, but like, and this isn't even necessarily an issue I have with the TNT title. I think sometimes it's an issue with the way like AEW books matches in general, like, and this isn't taking anything away from like war horse, but like, I, I like, I feel like that match went longer than it should have. Like at some point, like Cody needs to win a shorter match. AEW needs to have champions win shorter matches to make them look. And I get, you're trying to add some prestige to the title and you're trying to give shine to people whether it's on your own roster or people that come in, but like at some point, like the champion in the championship should, should look better. If, if, if that makes sense. I think AEW really shot themselves in the foot by not having Scorpio sky win it this week. Ding. Where's the damn ding. Like (laughs) you, You want me to believe Scorpio Sky is the next guy. He kicks the door down. Yeah. And then he goes and has a match with um, what a couple of my friends like to refer to as the three-star general, Cody Rhodes. Um, and then he's going to face Brody Lee. Like, at what point... Cody has I've I've been the biggest I, I love Cody. Sure. But Cody Rhodes in AEW is Mr. Doing Too Much. He's got WrestleMania Pyro every week. He had a damn dog. Well at least he this, doesn't uh at least he doesn't come out of the center of the two uh entrance anymore. ramps anymore every week. Um it's probably because Daly's place doesn't have the ability to do that. Right. I think this time he actually had uh, a third of the capacity of Dale, Daly's place. Oh, there was, he brought the whole family the this week. He had everyone. Like, if you can't tell that Cody Rhodes is about to turn heel, like, right. he's, he's turning heel. He's doing heel shit. Like, he's got 9,000 people walking into the ring. He's calling himself the Prince of Pro Wrestling. How many times has Arn Anderson helped him win a match and he's a babyface? <laughs> like, like, I just hurry up and give me the AEW Four Horsemen because everybody knows it's coming. Are they waiting on the heel turn because there's no crowds? I bet. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that, that will be a I moment bet. that sucks without a crowd, but like... It, I mean, it just... Can they wait another year? Right? Like, you know what no. I mean? No. At some point, you have to pull the trigger. You gotta move on. Gotta you know, and on. like... And, and you know, that's why going into WrestleMania, I was a, I was a feared that, like, Brock Lesnar was gonna win because I'm like, are they really gonna pull the trigger on Drew McIntyre given that we're in an empty building? But they did. Like, at some point, you just have to steer in, steer into the shit and and right. do what needs to be done. Um Mark, thoughts on like the way that they're that they're booking Cody and the title. Yeah, well, I think 
same thing. Cody's trying to be a little too much. And, uh, yeah, I'm just waiting for the moment for that heel turn, too. The minute they had him paired with Anderson, you knew it was going to happen. Um, but, you know, same thing. I think Scorpio Sky, they really dropped the ball this week with uh, not handing the title to him or letting him win. But, yeah, Cody's matches, too, are a little bit more uh, – they should be a little bit shorter, a little more decisive. They're a little too competitive. That's the word I was trying to think of. A little too competitive, I think, for the most part, week in and week out. Yeah, and I mean, it's okay if, if Scorpio Sky is is competitive or, you know, like, and it, it shouldn't be a squash, ma- squash mm-hmm. match every week either. Yeah. But like Jason, AEW superfan Jason, uh, says here in the comments, why does Cody have to go to the limit with every person they book him against? Well, with the with the open challenge, especially if it's people who are coming from outside of AEW, they have to make the people they're bringing in look like they were deserving to come in. Like Eddie Kingston needed to have a competitive match. That was match a banger of a match. And it got, it got King signed. Sure. And Eddie, I cannot, I'm so happy that Eddie Kingston is going to make hundreds of thousands of dollars doing professional wrestling. Absolutely. Because literally, that's what he wants to do. And wrestling is the second best thing he does. Talk is the first. Mm-hmm. And if they let him just cut promos, just do yourself a favor. Go on YouTube and just type in Eddie Kingston promo and just watch. And have an any afternoon. <laughs> any of them. Yeah. Um, Especially, like, I know Chikar is canceled. But Eddie Kingston's run as Chikara Grand Champion, he did not refer to the title as a thing. He referred to the title as a person. And he huh. he, he called the title her. Okay. Like, Interesting. He is protecting her. He is defending her. her. Huh. And like her. It, it's her th- her. It, it's, it's not it's not her. the same, but it's different. Um but it's just King knows how to emphasize the right things at the right time. Yeah. He has it. The right he has it result when it comes to promo. Yeah. And like, um, I, there's I, also... I don't know about Warhorse, but like all the others, like Mark Quinn, uh, there's a, there's a fine Darby line. Allen. There's a fine line between making, making someone look good and overdoing the match. And I think a lot of weeks they overdo the match. Some weeks, like they get it right. They, they really pull it off. Well, the Kingston match last night, I thought they really did everything right, except for Scrobius guy, not winning the title or not really getting screwed out of the win. Like if, if he's clearly the victor, but there was some sort of shenanigans that kept him from actually becoming the TNT champion, then you can get away with him not walking out with the title. But it, it, when you lose him clean, it's a, it's a little troublesome. Uh, Matt, your thoughts? I mean, I my sentiments would echo the ones that have already been said. I mean, it's just the, the booking here doesn't really make a ton of sense. Um, you know, and I, I understand why... Cody tries to do the thing he does. Um, and I, to an extent, I can appreciate what he's trying to do. It's just at some point, 
there has to be like a limit to it. And I think we're well beyond that. Um, so, I mean, he's just got to kind of find the direction and go with it. And I don't think that they've done that yet, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, it, it's, I, I, I didn't, I didn't, I don't want to, I didn't want to turn it into like a, a, like shit on AEW segment, but you know, I, I kind of had, I have similar issues at times too with their, uh, with their, um, like, like the women's division, not, not only the amount of time the women get on the show, but like you had your woman's champion go up against somebody that Tim, the video disappeared. Oh, there we are. It's still there. Don't worry. Okay. There we are. Um, it's still there that against somebody that to, I think the, the, the broad audience you never even heard of and the women's champion is, is struggling for a minute of the two minute long match. (laughs) It's like, they just, they, they, I think they have to do some things a little bit better. Um, and that's kind of the, the issue you run into with like a young company. Like you have to try to establish these people. Like they don't have the luxury of bringing on, you know, Andy Starr, Doug to like just get absolutely torched by someone. Like that that's not really where they are. And they certainly could employ that. But like they're, they're trying to bring on people who are going to be a part of their roster for a long time. So I get why they're trying to make them appear credible. It's just, you know, like you said, their their stars shouldn't be the ones struggling. Right. Like have have Penelope Ford in that match against I don't even remember her name at this point um, instead of your AEW women's champion or instead of booking the match to be two minutes long, have it be eight minutes long and, you know, have you know, Sheeta's opponent get her offense in, but then have Sheeta look strong in the end. Like, to me, it was like, I mean, the, again, the match was, I think, two minutes and 11 seconds, and Sheeta legitimately almost got three-count pinned in the match. I'm like, what does that mean for your women's title and your women's champion? Like, it's just, it's not a great look. But, um, yeah, I mean, the, the, I, I like that the, that they have a quote unquote TV title. Um, you know, it's something to look forward to every week. I, I like the open challenge thing. I liked it when WWE did it with the U S title. I like that styles is kind of doing it ish with the, um, intercontinental title. Like when you're giving me fresh different matches each week, I, I'm, I'm on board for that. Uh, any other thoughts on the TNT title before we move on? Um, I did put out there this week, and it's something we hadn't done in a while, did a, an Ask 3CT segment. So if you're following along in the uh, live video, uh, feel free to uh, throw a question in there. We got it. We had a couple. Um, I'll start with Devin's. He got this one in late, um, and it's uh, fairly topical in terms of uh, what happened last night on NXT. Uh, he said, what are your guys' opinion about the Velveteen Dream returning? Uh, everybody not liking it because of what allegedly uh, went on. Um, I was very surprised to see the Velveteen Dream back uh, on WWE programming. Um, I, my hope is that if they brought him back, that means that they've done the legal work that they should have done 
to vet the accusations and see if there was anything there. Um, again, I in in the the short span of time from when the accusation went out to when he is back on, um, personally, I'm not a fan. I think it was it's too quick of a turnaround. I think the situation needs to be addressed more. I'm not ne- like I'm not necessarily saying you need to to fire him. But I think to bring him back and to put him, you know, not only in the match for a qualifying spot in the in the North American title match, but then now he has the second chance match next week because he wasn't the one that took the fall last night. Um, not a fan of that decision um, myself. Um, we'll go to Matt. How about you? So is the question how I feel about Velveteen Dream even being like – yeah, like, yeah, like, what's what's our opinion on on him returning and you know with everything that that allegedly happened? Yeah, I mean it's it's tough, um, but you know as as more of these stories come out, um, and you know we we're kind of taking the stance of like we have to kind of listen to the accusers here and nothing being disproven. I think it's in poor taste to to kind of have him out at this point. Um, you know, not, not to sit, like deny his talent because I do think, you know, he is extremely talented, and it's a shame, um, you know, to to like see someone that you thought was really great, you know, do these kinds of things, and and that's putting that lightly. Um, so I'm not necessarily in favor of his return just yet. Um, so it it's kind of where I'll just leave that. Um, I don't. I don't know that necessarily. It's it's a good idea to build any long storylines around Patrick Clark, Velveteen Dream at this point uh, until we have the answers. Um, and as more things are coming out, uh, it looks like the answer is going to be in, in the direction that we kind of think anyway. Tim, how about you? Um. Someone on my timeline on Twitter kind of hit the nail on the head um, about it. And um, to paraphrase, like, I'm not going to say, like, he's guilty or he's innocent, but there's a lot of damning evidence out there about the Velveteen dream. And if any of it becomes true, then this is case in point why people don't speak out. Yeah. Because the company that sees money in the character and in the person forgives all sin, makes money and does not reprimand or admonish or anything. Right. Like he was what off TV since in your house a month. But, but to be fair, like Nia Jax was off TV for some time Shayna Baszler was off TV. Right, for some time. it didn't. It wasn't like, even. You, you don't know if it was COVID related, where 
um, because you don't have anything solid for someone that because of social distancing you're you're writing shorter stories and right and I, and I mean that's kind of my point flexible. is like there wasn't there wasn't a um you know there wasn't a a clearly defined reason as to why he was was it a kayfabe injury you know like you know what i mean he just was gone for a month like it, you know it wasn't it wasn't anything clearly defined like i feel like you know to to aew's credit you know they they at least came out in front and said we suspended sammy Guevara uh indefinitely turned out it was only about 30 days but they at least got out in front of it and said this is why you're not seeing this guy i mean we didn't see velveteen dream we didn't see we haven't seen austin theory in in seth rollins disciple group (laughs) um but it's nothing's been spoken he just disappeared so like at some point you know i've you know like here's the thing if i was a if i was a wwe shareholder you know i might be a little bit more vocal about like hey um can we address these things you know like what exactly is going on right like it's just it's just tough all around like sure. i i hope that you know there's there's no fire with all this smoke and it's just a smoke machine yeah um, that's the hope but history, at least recent history, has told us it's not just a fireless smoke. Right. Like there's, that, that a there's lot of times. something there. Like, yeah. whether it was innocent or if it was, if it's mistaken identity, if it's somebody who's playing as, as Velveteen Dream. I mean, you also have to think, too, like, I'm not going to. I don't want to like validate anything, but you may want to also look at the timeline for Velveteen Dream. He is relatively young. So like if he's like 19 when he's doing some of this stuff, the it while it is illegal, you can see where a 19-year-old might talk to a 16 or 17 year old because the age gap isn't as right. big. Like the difference between a 19 year old and a 16 year old is the same as a 30 year old and a 27 year old. Right. And it's not, just, it's not justifying it's, it's, and, and right. And what is trying, an illegal by no act. Means right. Trying to justify it. And like anything like that, I'm, I'm looking into the, I'm trying to look into the psyche of a 19 year old, right. Young adult like new new full adult man right who's right. got all this stardom right yeah like you don't know how people's you, you, brains work right you went from being like dude on an indie show in to maryland like, to on tough enough you know airing after monday night raw and right. then you're back on the indie circuit where people now know you well if you're if you're if you're being honest his stardom went being on an indie in Maryland, being on Tough Enough, being on the podcast of the Millennium Three Count Thursday. Well, that's true. Then NXT, like that's right. The, that's the order, okay. <laughs> but um, 
I just, like, I, I don't want to speak for him. Like, now I, I'm sure that like people change. Like, I'm not saying he's, he's the, it, very roughly does the, uh, does a person stay the same when you're talking multiple years difference, like people learn, people grow, people change. And I hope that if any of this stuff with Velveteen dream is true, he's remorseful. He's, he's learned. I don't, I'm not the biggest fan of council cancel culture. Like I think that's a bit extreme. I, sure. I think you hold people accountable and let them change. And if they don't change, then, then cancel right. like, like Hulk Hogan right now is on zero strikes. If he comes out and he says another terse word to literally anyone. Yeah. HH is gone, brother. Like that's, that's where it is. And, um, but some people have already shown him to the door and I don't blame them. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like individuals versus broad spectrum too, in terms of, you know, like, I'm not I I'll never discredit anybody for writing somebody off for something that they have done or allegedly done or what have you. Like, but again, the, the cancel culture becomes a whole a whole separate topic when it's when it's an initial thing. And that's why I said like I don't necessarily think that Velveteen Dream should be fired, but to bring him back in in relatively quick turnaround is is what i thought was n- not necessarily the smartest move mark uh your your thoughts on the the question here from devin well i'll tell you what i was uh, probably shocked as anybody to see him back in a prominent position um you know and i the only thing i can think of wwe must have some kind of uh or be extremely confident in his innocence um i can't understand any way shape or form what they him number one back on television number two in such a prominent role when you literally have dozens of other superstars you could slide in that spot if they didn't feel pretty confident that he was going to be uh get through the, any kind of charges or accusations that are being thrown at him that just doesn't make any kind of sense that it's not like they're short on superstars um and then again i mean if you think back to the 80s when uh Vince McMahon that looks like he pretty much helped Jimmy Snooker get away with murder. So it's hard to say it, it not out of the realm of possibility. I mean, you're, pr- you're going to kind of probably get out of this. Yeah. I mean, Dr- dream's not the, the only one they're really turning a blind eye to bro. So, um, you know, it's, they're just, <laughs> they're, it's unfortunate. Like we've kind of, mentioned that throughout the decades that WWE unfortunately has this stigma around them that they just turn that blind eye to a lot of horrible shit. Um, You know, it's just a little more prevalent now because we're in the age of social media. And we're older. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's true too. Stuff stuff that didn't bother us when we were kids bothers us now. Like, I mean, we, we've talked, it's been a podcast topic yeah. before, like when I came out and said, I'm, I'm really struggling being like a rose colored glasses WWE fan because more and more of the shady ish that 
Vince McMahon and the WWE get involved in, it just wears on me. And I'm, I, I feel like I'm a couple years away from just being like, I'll watch the Indies. <laughs> I watch AEW until I'll watch eight side of the ring and, and relive all this Oof. stuff that I used to like. Yeah. Like AEW until something happens with them. And like, impact let's push impact like i don't i don't know what to do but like it's just yeah and i mean and i, I know today somebody had noted that uh aew has removed like jimmy havoc and b Priestley, and i think there was one more sadie gibbs sadie gibbs from their uh roster and i'm like okay i mean that's that's good i mean if if they're doing that because of accusations but in the same time are you going to do it quietly or are you going to I don't think it's accusations. I think well, that, or you know, like, yeah. I mean, again, I, I'm saying I that because of B. Priestley, it is to an extent. Well, I think she was just a backstage nuisance, and like she was a backstage nuisance. Jimmy Havoc has his demons. I think he's. Then they send him to rehab. Yeah, or they send him to rehab. But like, and like they're together. So I understand you get rid of one and keep the other. That's weird. And I think Sadie Gibbs is just a case of they had nothing for her. Sure. But like, but like, are you like, I don't like just doing it quietly. Like if you're going to like, and maybe they have put out a real, I haven't, I haven't looked, but like, you know, I, 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 they're, they're not a public company though. Well, I mean, that's fair. That's fair as well. WWE has to, because there's shareholders. Well, that's a great point. That's a great point. Um, all right. We had, we had a couple other questions. Um, Nick asked, do you think the Randy Orton Ric Flair angle was a swerve for SummerSlam where we could see a new champ? Uh, somebody else brought this up either on Facebook or Twitter. Um, and I guess they're saying like because the lights went out um, that Orton didn't actually kick Flair. Um, and that like it was to get sympathy on Drew Mac- like for Drew McIntyre feeling bad for Rick. And there, you know, it's it's a big swerve where Rick will end up turning on Drew so Orton will win the title. Um, could it be? Okay, sure. Do I think it is? Absolutely not. Like, I think it was the continuity of the retribution thing and the lights and the mics and all of that stuff. And also, I think it's so you don't actually punt Ric Flair in the head. Like, where's that ding button? Where's, yeah. Like, where's my yeah. ding at? Where's my ding yeah. at? Kobe too there, because like that's a big Kobe. Kobe, Kobe, Kobe. Like I like I you know, and I I give people credit for for you know having some creative thought and and looking out, but you you're not gonna punt Ric Flair like because my my thought is the whole time I thought there's no way he's giving Ric Flair an RKO right. I'm like. Because I feel like that fall could be very bad for Ric Flair. We were so gentle with Rick. I know. Like, it was so, like... That segment was so... Can we... That segment was so good. So I'm, good. Like, Ryan is, is like, borderline an admitted Randy Orton fan. I'm a Randy Orton 2020 fan. Um, This ain't blasphemy. 
Like I, I don't I, I don't want to speak out of turn and I don't want to like carry gimmicks from my other podcast to here. But like You can go ahead and say it because I think I tweeted what you're about to say. Randy Orton's the greatest of all time. Okay, I didn't tweet that. <laughs> <laughs> like Randy Orton. Like oh, Randy Orton. <laughs> If you look at his body of work, if you look at his matches, if you look at how he's mastered the in-ring WWE segment, uh, his focus over the last five, six years, probably since his focus since at least when he cashed in money in the bank on Daniel Bryan at SummerSlam 13. From then till now, there's like nobody who does it better than Randy Orton. And he does it with multiple different people. Think of what he did with Aiden English. Think of what he did with like what he did. We were clamoring for Randy Orton to get paired up with Angel Garza and Andrade because of one six man tag match where Randy Orton pins on pins, Angel Garza against the wall it basically like deliverances him. Is that like what happened? Like he's like, I damn, I don't have a squeal button. (laughs) And like, but at the same point, like Randy Orton has been on fire lately. I mean, I tweeted out, I tweeted out on Monday and I've tweeted out before. But like, and and this is where I thought you were going because uh, your other podcast, twenty twenty, Rand- Randy Orton is forever in the good place. Oh, good place, Hall of Fame. It's, it's without it's without in. question. We got we got like five more months, and it's in the good place. Yeah, right? like I'm like he's he's working on kicking Kevin Nash out of door service <laughs> at the good place. Like, like Kevin Nash is the doorman to the good place. Okay. And if you don't know, Ron and Don Harris are the doormen for the bad place. Okay. Um, um, noted racist. Yeah. Yeah. Klansmen. Yeah. Uh, bad news. Bad news. Bad news. Harris boys. Um, um, but yeah, Randy Orton is just scandal proof. Now, um, I'm bringing a conversation for my text chat with my other boys. Sure. Here. On a scale of and in the, the, the listening audience at home, you can wait, uh, chime into in the chat but randy orton low blows rick and punts him percentage that the person who comes to the aid of rick flair to go head to head with randy orton is charlotte flair Oh, percentage that that happens? Yes, zero. Hmm. I'll give it. I'll give it eighteen and a half. Twenty-two percent. <laughs> you did eighteen percent for the number of minutes. <laughs> of Mark, the percentage of it happening. The percentage that the person who defends Ric Flair's mm. honor is charlotte flair not saying we get charlotte flair versus randy orton in a match but charlotte flair and randy orton having a face-to-face confrontation confrontation that will lead to charlotte flair eating an rko 
I'll bump that up to like Boy, forty. I'd give that. Uh, I give it. I'll give it a thirty. Thirty percent chance. I'd like to see it. Why not? I'll so bump zero. But I like. I like the intention behind that. It's not far off. I just don't think they would go that route right now. Right, especially with everything going on with like the buzzword intergender wrestling. Yeah. Right. Um, and. I think it, I think it would be great. It would be fantastic storytelling. It would be probably the best WWE match in the last I, twenty years. I'll, I'll say this: I would love to see it. I just don't like Vince has been so so standoffish with that type of thing so many times. I don't know though. Like in this instance with Charlotte and with Randy, like yeah. that's that's going zero to sixty for Vince, and it, Vince is, seems like more of a slowly put your foot down on the gas pedal type of guy. And then Are you like, saying that because he's like 80 plan. years old, Matt? That's pretty <laughs> fucking rude. <laughs> um, see, I, 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 I would have agreed with you a little bit more, and Devin says he gives it about a 20%. I give, I'll bump it up to like a you know, 35-40 for a, a face-to-face with a potential RKO. If, it leading to an actual match, I, I would put somewhere around like 10. But like... I think the 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 Bray the Fiend and Alexa the thing that apparently twisted Tim's nipples a couple weeks ago on SmackDown when Bray stuffed his fingers down her throat, um, <laughs> you know. Wait, more happened. Yeah, and then last week I, that was that was touch so. My face. Yeah, like, <laughs> touch my face. Tell me I'm pretty. Paint, um, <laughs> paint me like one of your French boys, Alexa. Um, didn't see that coming last week on SmackDown. But like Bray even doing that, and we're talking that's Fox broadcast. That's not even Monday Night Raw cable. Um, I, I think the potential for something like that is, is is a little more viable. Like I think, and, I, and I'm not I'm not going down the Melts Alvarez road and talking about ratings and and what they ultimately mean. But when you see things like what retribution is, and when you see things like Raw Underground. It's evident, and you see things like The Fiend attacking Alexa Bliss, and then they're teasing all day what's going to happen between them. Tomorrow night on SmackDown, Alexa Bliss is going to address the situation. Um, Like, it's evident that they're... Alexa, stop. (laughs) Bitch. Alexa, Uh, (laughs) play Despacito. um, Like, I think that it's evident that they are trying to do some things to move the needle a bit. So I think if you, if you have that moment, it's going to get attention. And I think it is going to draw people in whether, and again, I don't think they eventually get to a match, but that a face to face where Orton hits that RKO, that's YouTube hits that social media hits, et cetera. I just, I don't think that Randy's the guy they do that with. Um, like Bray the Fiend, that makes more sense. That seems a little safer for them to go that route. Um, and, you know, like five years ago, Randy Orton, they'd probably be more likely to do that. Um, but like Randy now, 2020 Randy, like I'm not going to go full JBL like <laughs> Tim did with Randy Orton, but he is having a very good run right now. And like I don't think that they they use that moment at this point. I With, mean, you also have to think though. In 2020, 
Randy Orton has already RKO'd WWE Hall of Famer Beth Phoenix for what he did to Edge. Um, so, and, and Randy Orton, of, of any wrestler in WWE history, to my knowledge, he's RKO'd Stephanie McMahon multiple times. He's forcibly kissed an unconscious Stephanie McMahon in the face of a handcuffed Triple H. I think he RKO'd the fabulous Moolah into the grave. Um, but like, if if anyone like, aside from Bubba Dudley, <laughs> nobody's hit put their hands on a woman more than Randy Orton. Steve Austin has. I mean, he is oh, on camera. No, wow, go with that joke. I was saying he has stunned every woman in the McMahon family. That's wow. true. He did wow. get Linda, wow. and he got wow. Stephanie. He didn't get Aurora Rose yet. Aurora's not old enough. <laughs> he's, he's on his list. Wait for those uh wait for those hunter <laughs> girls to get older. <laughs> How's your neck? That'll be uh that'll be raw thirty-five when that when that happens. Yeah. Um but yeah, um intern Mark, your thoughts on the uh the Randy Orton, the Ric Flair um is it is it an angle or were they just protecting rick from getting severely injured i think the uh i think they're just protecting rick i didn't understand him pairing up with orton orton really doesn't need rick flair he doesn't need anybody at this point in his career he's a made man um yeah i think it was totally protecting rick um even if he shows up rick shows up with mcintyre I'd really be surprised. I think you just kind of written out off TV for now. Um. Okay, AEW, I guess. And th- thank you, Nick, for for uh, giving us this one. Um, uh, has officially released Jimmy Havoc, B. Priestley, uh, Gibbs, Sadie Gibbs, have also um, confirmed her departure on Twitter. Um. So those three are now uh, official. And T-Hawk, I think T-Hawk is a member of the Stronghearts. Okay. Um, yeah. With was Shima, T-Hawk, and another dude that's probably going to get released. Who's the other dude? The Because there's three dudes in the Stronghearts. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I was just trying to find. I was trying to find like an actual, like a like a news release, um, and and all of them are just none of none of the ones that I that I'm seeing, even from uh, AEW employee Dave Meltzer, um, has the 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 Wrestling Observer only has Havoc, Priestley, and Gibbs. It doesn't say anything about T Hawk on those. Not saying that it that it's not a thing. Um, but like I said, those those are the three that I guess have officially been confirmed um, per Meltzer. So, uh, and then one other uh, one other question: uh, Charlie asked, "How did everyone meet, and how did the pod get started? Who in the group said, hey, I got an ideal?'" Um, well, uh, what six and a half years ago or something, I started doing a sports podcast, and Matt and Ryan would both help me co-host. I've known Matt and Ryan um for well over two decades. We went to school together. Um and I think Ryan met 
Mark and Tim via work, correct? So that is correct. So um, Ryan and Matt and I, I had noticed like on my sports podcast, we would do wrestling shows around like Royal Rumble, WrestleMania. And I noticed that like those got a few more clicks at the time. So I was like, hey, guys, got an ideal. Um, why don't we just spin this off and do a wrestling show and I'll still do the sports show. And then um, Ryan and I, Ryan's favorite faction of all time is three count. Like I assume legitimately or at least jokingly, sometimes we can't tell with him. Um, so we were sitting at the diner one night, like two in the morning and he's like three count Thursday. And I was like, there we go. Um, so it was just the three of us for a while. And then, um, you know, we, you know, we needed an intern to clean up the studio and those sort of things. And Ryan, Ryan knew intern Mark. And, and so we added him into the mix and Tim was a former guest of the show. Cause you did commentary for excellence and other things. Um, and then after a while, we just kind of started hanging out at indie shows and whatnot. And it was like, Hey man, if you want to be part of the family, just start showing up at the studio on Thursday nights. I think that I think that about covers it. I think that's right. <laughs> that's the short version. And six and a half years later, we're still uh, we're still pumping away. Yeah, um, and that's what it is. Like uh, this was a well old machine before we even got on. But I think, or at least we, meaning Mark and I. Um, but I mean, we we posted it not too long ago. Six and a half years strong. Ain't no signs of stopping. Yeah. You know, Zoom Zoom be damned trying to not let us get on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, we'll figure uh, it out. We'll we'll figure it out. I actually like this setup. I may work with Big Jim off the air to kind of spruce this up because now that we've got it set up for this, I could do fun screen transitions hey, and man. other stuff. And we could do graphics. Like I just whipped this one up not too long ago. Bye yow. So when we go off the air. We got all the socials and stuff on the screen. Look at that. And every, everything's there. How about but, that? Um, that's not what we're doing right now. Yeah. No, and and, and I'm, I'm all for it because, like, I know, like, I was looking into, like, StreamYard versus Zoom and, like, but if we can do it through whatever the hell you're doing over there, then yeah. uh, then I'm all for it, man. Um, but, uh, yeah, we, we worked with what it gave us tonight. And... You know, we've taken a couple weeks off here and there. We've we've thrown up some best ofs and whatnot when I moved from one studio to another and um you know and things like that. But in the same oh, there's the graphic. Look at that. That's awesome. Gotta love that. Um But you know, the the, the bottom line is, you know, through good times, through bad times, we're here. Uh we try and be as positive as we can. There's a lot of there's a lot of some of the best in the game that have arrived and left in the time that we've still been here. So um, I appreciate the question, Charlie. You know, I like these Ask 3CT segments. So um, maybe we'll try and throw one once a month and just see, see what people uh, have on their mind. Uh, and just a couple things here before we uh, before we wrap up. Um, I don't want we don't necessarily need to do a deep dive, but. Thoughts on on the whole retribution angle. Um, I liked it the first week, and I, I liked what they did on at the end of SmackDown. I felt like Monday on Raw they kind of took a awkward step backwards, 
Because, like, okay, so you threw a brick through a window, and then another brick through an already broken window, and then you just ran away. Like, why did you break the window? You know, you didn't you didn't enter the building, so you just broke a window. And then, like, you flipped over a car for what reason? Um, it just... I, I'm still curious to see where it goes. I haven't written it off, but like I they took a step back on on Raw on Monday after what happened um on SmackDown last Friday night. But uh so I I'm I'm intrigued, but I've 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 cooled off a little bit on my enthusiasm for retribution. Tim. I don't care. There's nothing about them that makes me think that anyone in this retribution group is anything other than like something that's going to get forgotten. Like uh, they just look like a bunch of hooligans. Like they're throwing Molotov cocktails and stuff and throwing cinder blocks. I was like, what is this grand theft auto? (laughs) What are they celebrating a Stanley cup? Like what is going on here? Like, like they're right. Like, okay, cool. And like you partner that with, like I think WWE took a big step back in their other thing too, like Raw Underground. Raw Underground was very weak this week. Um, yeah, I mean like Shayna Baszler beat up three chicks. Yeah. And that's it. No follow up with the hurt business. Yeah, I thought that all. was a little odd, but they took and away then, the awkward go go dancers, which I'm I'm But then co- Liv Morgan wants them back. Well, <laughs> Are you going to say no to Liv Morgan? I mean, I they have you. before. How dare you? No, you. you. Oh, me? No, I will not yeah. say. I will not. No, that's Absolutely right. You're not. You're a smart man. Um, um, but yeah, just, I don't know. More to come? Question mark? Yeah, like point, I said, I, I'm, I I'm curious to see where it ends up, if it ends up anywhere. But I definitely cooled off. Nikki says she likes that they have... Um, females in the group which uh, yeah that's yeah. cool no that, i mean that that is that is awesome. absolutely cool i'm curious to see who i'm curious to see who's in the group that that's my question that's right who is it it's and I you can- have to answer that question at some point and they better not bait and switch it with some other people um matt any thoughts um no <laughs> all right perfect <laughs> mark how about you well, yeah, same thing. You guys already said it kind of seems a little awkward this past week, but uh, they started out hot. It kind of almost reminded me of how Nexus came in. Um, so we'll see what happens. And I, I enjoyed that little tweet from uh, that little hint of a tweet that CM Punk out of about retribution. So I uh, will see what happens. I don't have high hopes that Punk's part of the group, but uh, stranger things have happened. <laughs> yeah, especially this year um dude if, i mean if, if if punk ultimately ends up being one of them like whether it's a leader of the group or that would be cool um yeah I, I don't see it happening um but it would be cool nonetheless uh tomorrow night on smackdown uh triple brand battle royal to determine the number one contender for bailey's uh smackdown women's title at uh, SummerSlam. Any thoughts on who that who you guys think it might be or who you want to see uh win that spot? Mark? Boy, the triple threat 
I don't even know who all is in it, to be honest with you. Well, it's 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 just they haven't um, announced anybody. It's just people. You know, there's going to be women from Raw, SmackDown, and NXT in it. Boy, I'll tell you. Let me think here. Maybe uh, somebody out of NXT would be. I'd be all right with that. Um, actually, I you know what? I'll go with. Uh, I'd really like to see Shotzi. Just because I'm wearing her shirt, and I'm a big fan. But it's probably a little too early for her yet. Maybe uh, Ripley, possibly. That's who I thought. I because I, like I feel like not necessarily that she's floundering in NXT, but they're they're definitely making a, an effort to push other women on that roster, and this feels like a perfect time to launch her up. And she's obviously legitimate enough to win a battle royal so uh, you know i say full system go on that uh matt how about you um let's give that to bianca belair oh nice tim how about you um i'm gonna say naomi okay i like it uh nikki has mia yim um I, I think she's still more fitted for NXT, especially that they are. I mean, they've acknowledged that her and Keith Lee are together. So, like, hey, Jim, I mean, she fake slept through a, a car ride with you, and you've had a vendetta ever since. <laughs> I take as much responsibility for being a, a socially awkward human being um, on that one uh, as anybody. Uh, Devin has Mandy Rose. Soccer mom of the year, Mandy Rose, by the way. Um, did, did you see the little thing on Twitter? Uh, I don't know. With Bailey? No, I didn't. So apparently Bailey posted a video calling out Mandy Rose saying, oh, you you want to steal my haircut? Maybe I steal something of yours. And she pans the camera and it's Otis doing curls. And Bailey's squeezing on Otis's arm. <laughs> nice. Nice. I like that. Uh, Charlie says Dakota or Tegan he'd like to see. So, um, yeah, be curious to see uh, w- what direction they go um, tomorrow night uh, on SmackDown. Uh, just a couple of news items here, and then we're going to uh, close this thing up and get out of here. Um, a lot of reports this afternoon. It obviously has not yet been confirmed by WWE. But uh, planning on holding SummerSlam and apparently all live TV moving forward, going back to live um, for all their TV uh, at the Amway Center in Orlando. That is, of course, home of the Orlando Magic. Uh, WWE production trucks are, sp- are scheduled to arrive on Friday, begin setting things up. Um, obviously, COVID testing will take place. Um, no word on if uh, TakeOver... Or the post SummerSlam Raw. This was earlier today. No word on the post SummerSlam Raw or uh, SmackDown TV tapings will take place. But now it sounds like that is going to be the thing. Like this Monday's Raw, I believe, is already in the can. But then starting next Friday night with SmackDown, it looks like things are going to be live uh, from the Amway Center. Still no fans, uh, but we'll see if they do kind of the AEW model where it's friends and family slash workers and socially distant uh, to at least have some sort of fan presence. Because I feel like, I mean, a completely empty arena um, 
would would feel i mean we've seen it mankind versus the rock um but uh thoughts on on summer here's the thing I, am i a little disappointed it's not on a beach or a boat and i know tim you're big mad um but if 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 it's only SummerSlam that's here and not TV moving forward, I'm happy that it's different than what we're used to seeing Monday and Friday and other pay per views. Um, I would have preferred a boat or a beach for SummerSlam, but I'll, I'll take an arena with staging and pyro and whatnot. Uh, Tim, I'll I'll give it to you because I know you're big mad. Uh, live TV, absolutely great. Except for NXT, keep NXT at the Performance Center. Make it look different or full sale. I think they were they've been time. at full sale, right? Well, I, no, NXT's taping at the Performance Center too. I thought. No, I think I thought they were still at full sale. Did they move to the full sale? Because they have, the, yeah, because they have the uh, the video board above the ring still. So I think they've been at okay. full sale. So nothing else way, at full sale. Right don't now. put them with Raw and SmackDown. Have them be different. Live live tapings for Raw and SmackDown at the Amway Center. SummerSlam at the Amway Arena? Absolutely not. Put it on a damn boat. Give me something. Bring a boat to the Amway Arena or wherever. It, bring it to the Amway. Put the boat in the stadium or the arena and then do stuff in the arena. Okay? If that's what you have to do, that's what you have to do. Give me a boat. Thank you. SummerSlam. Boat me. Matt, <laughs> boat me. Uh, Matt, how about you? Um, I mean, I, I guess it was expected. Um, you know, my my dream of seeing SummerSlam in front of Cinderella's Castle at Disney World will have to, you know, stretch on for one more year. But um, you know, it's it is what it is at this point. You know, <laughs> fucking twenty twenty. <laughs> uh, Mark. Well, you know, when I'm looking forward to something different, I'll be honest with you. So, yeah, it'll be nice to have it in a different arena. Um, you know, still disappointed there won't be any or large amount of fans there, but I mean, that's to be expected. So, but yeah, looking forward to just a little bit of different scenery. We'll see what happens. I don't have very high expectations, so hopefully I'll be, uh, <laughs> I'll be pleasantly surprised. SummerSlam 2021 at Roots Market. <laughs> hey, now you're talking. That would get a crowd, too. I'll tell you what. Masks would be optional. The, <laughs> very optional, probably. Um, this one I just I, 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 I grabbed because it was, uh, it was pretty funny. Uh, Lana took to Instagram yesterday uh, and claimed to have, uh, have sex with Rusev on the tank from the uh, WrestleMania 31 entrance she wrote we just had sex in the black seat they are uh vacationing currently um and she said and on the tank at wrestlemania uh ryan satin tweeted uh in november 2019 that rusev quote apparently tried to have sex with lana in the tank rusev responded and said tried question mark um and apparently the post has been taken down uh yeah it was it was reported <laughs> On Instagram for nudity or sexual uh, Jesus. content. And, of course, Lana was being a little extra with what she was saying. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, I found that I found that to be... Rusev uh, getting banned on Twitter. Lana getting stuff pulled down on Instagram. Come in my face! Uh, they're, they're troublesome people. Yeah, they are. They they're very problematic. 
come in my face. Um, and then finally, uh, I, I posted this uh, on our on our pages earlier. WWE announced today that uh, independent content is finally coming to the WWE Network. Content from Evolve, Progress Wrestling, WXW, and ICW will appear um, on the WWE Network starting this Saturday. The first uh, offerings from Evolve, uh, which WWE recently purchased, will focus on WWE NXT champion uh, Keith Lee and Drew McIntyre. Uh, the best of Drew McIntyre. Uh, WXW content being added includes Femme Fatale's 2019 Ambition 11 Progress Chapter 92 uh, and Insane Championship Wrestling's uh, Who's Party 5 Night 2 will be available. So uh, it's good to see them finally getting some of that uh, indie content that we've heard rumored for a while uh, up on the network. So uh, another reason to subscribe to said network. Um, anything else, guys? Award-winning. That is yes. Sorry, sorry, my bad. The award-winning WWE Network. Lest I forget. My goodness, what am I doing? Slipping, Big Jim. It's all right. <laughs> it's, That's why we're here? Yeah, it's it's it's, it's been a week. Um, Matt or, or anybody else, anything to add? Let's uh, then go ahead, Matt. Uh, let people know. Uh, was there a woman of the week this week? Not this week. We took a week off. Uh, we will be back on Sunday. Um, but in the meantime, there are still more um, Mad Libs up for your viewing pleasure. Uh, just put up one up today with Candace Cordelia. Uh, a couple more coming next week. So um, in lieu of interviews, we're just kind of keeping it short and sweet. Four to five minute video for you guys to check out on YouTube. One or two of them a week. Um, you can follow me on Twitter. It's at 3 the letter A, Philly, as in Philadelphia, the number eight, so 3CT affiliate. Um, probably just have like a week, maybe two, of me complaining about the Sixers before they get eliminated from playoffs. Um, and I've kind of given up complaining about the Phillies because they <laughs> on themselves. So um, really just kind of the Flyers at this point, and I don't really like get too heated about that. So you're kind of safe until college football season starts, if it does. If, if it um, does. From Matt complaining on Twitter about shit, um, so you know who knows. We'll uh, we'll keep you guys updated. We do still plan to do the three uh, count Thursday watch along with the Boy Meets World episode featuring everyone's favorite wrestler, the lovable Vader. Um, <laughs> so that will be coming on at some point. Um, we'll we'll try to do some more. Maybe I'll do like, I'll throw like a movie review up. Uh, maybe I'll watch the Marine Five or Six. In a, in a coming weekend and give you like a short 30 second review uh, letting you know what you all missed by not watching it. Very good. Uh, Tim, how about you? Um, as always, you can find me on social media at NotTheToolMan across all platforms. Yeah, it's Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat if you care. Uh, uh, you can find me on twitch.tv forward slash NotTheToolMan. Uh, when I do stream, uh, should be starting back up soon. I say that all the time. Uh, be sure to just, there's still wrestling going on. Wrestling's more and more coming out every day, uh, which is really awesome. If you want to follow really good independent wrestling, I don't talk about it enough, but independentwrestling.tv, uh, they're actually partnered with SmartMark Video now. Uh, so independent wrestling that's going on, uh, give it a look and uh, see what's going on with that. Um, and if you want other wrestling content that may be a little more retro in your stylings, Final Wrestling Place, 
is a podcast I do with my best friend Marcus. We drop uh, Mondays at midnight, uh, like a quick hour and a half deal. We talk about uh, where the things in the history of professional wrestling end up, whether it's in the good place or the bad place. Uh, we close out our SummerSlam season uh, this weekend. So uh, thank you as always, Big Jim. Uh, Insert Mark, what about you? Hey, you can find me on uh, Twitter, uh, three count intern Mark or intern Mark. I'm on Twitter. You'll find it. If you want to know the national days, I put them up there every once in a while. So it's a good time. All right, and um, I just want to say uh, there was there was some uh, people, uh, listeners of the show, that reached out to me, uh, my family. We lost my grandma uh, yesterday, um, so today was hard, and I needed this. Uh, it's been a good distraction to, to put my brain to it. Um, she was one of the most special people I've ever known. Uh, so for those who reached out to me, I appreciate it. Uh, it means more than you'll know that in the six years that we've done this, that, that there are people that um, look forward to and, and listen to and, and, and actually care about us. So um, your words meant a lot to me and my family. Um but uh, you can follow me at Big Jim Sports, but make sure you're following along with the show at Three Count Thursday, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can find everything, threecountthursday.com. And uh, our home network, of course, is NGSE at NGSCSports.com. Uh, Until next week, guys, please stay safe, stay smart. Tell the people that are in your life that you love them. Uh, that is, it's so important. Uh, so do that. And uh, until next week, we'll talk to you then.